0: Live Stanford University in the uh, the big Hoover basement of the big Hoover Tower, and um, well, I'll have to tell you the stories I suppose tomorrow because we're kind of busy today. Uh, I got another great guest now, and we got Stormy Daniels stuff coming up, but we'll have to talk about the dinner and and hanging out with the intelligentsia crowd and all that sort of stuff. It's an interesting dynamic to observe and be a part of um, on on a whole bunch of different levels. Right, and a lot of the stuff you've heard about d c and and the and the and the media and everything like that just just so accurate. I mean they all know each other. It's like a big high school. It's a lot about the personality, so we'll talk more about that throughout the week
1: right now, though, what a pleasure to welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show for the first time in quite some time too long. Victor Davis Hansen, American classicist, military historian, columnist, author, and farmer expert on modern and ancient warfare and... uh, And and, your dining companion last night. And my dining companion last night. Mr. Hanson, how are you, sir? Good to see you again. Uh, Indeed. Thank you uh, very much for a stimulating chat last night and and I hope another one this morning. What are you impassioned about these days? What do you find yourself wanting to talk about?
2: Well, I'm worried about um, the the conditions that that created Donald Trump and the conditions that are trying to destroy him. And that's not an endorsement or rejection of Trump, the president, but there was something deathly wrong with the Democratic and Republican parties that elected somebody without political or military experience. And once that happened, uh, there's been a continual effort from the transition to the Mueller investigation to the kill Trump, Uh, narratives and memes to undermine a sitting president, and I've never seen anything quite like it, so that worries me. And that's all juxtaposed to a situation in which the economy's probably going to grow at about 3% per annum, a good chance this year. Unemployment's low, the stock market's high, Uh, There's animal spirits have been released in the business community. Everywhere I go, I see it empirically that People are building homes, there's more trucks on the road, America's back to work. And yet, you juxtapose all of that opposed to a pathological hatred of some person. I understand that he didn't have prior military political experience, but there's no grace period. There's no, well, we didn't vote for him, but let's see what he can do in the way that we did with Obama. And there's no self-realization on the part of the media that, what's the context of Donald Trump? Now we saw Stormy Daniels last night. Is this something J F K did? Is this something L B J did? Is this something Bill Clinton did? Or is Trump really unique in the history of having a you know, an unfortunate liaison or unethical liaison ten or eleven years ago? But there's no context. It's just people have become unhinged about the challenge that he poses to the two parties or to the so called Deep state I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that's turning the entire establishment of the United States into something that's stark-raving mad.
0: Do you think that, I had this conversation with some of the people at my table last night at the dinner, do you think that, that we go back to something like what we would call normal when Trump is out of office, or are we into a new period
2: regardless? Well, I, I think... I think what we're into now is that 51% of the people want a conservative agenda and the equality of opportunity democratic agenda is over with. They got that and it was a good agenda, but now the equality of result agenda people are not buying into, especially the identity politics agenda. And as a result of that, the media, the universities, the entertainment industry, hollywood the foundations call it what you want the deep government permanent careers cast they want to do what the message can't do so whether it's gun control or whether it's abortion or whatever it is they feel that they have the power the cultural power to do what politics can't and so they you know late night tv or a celebrity or a university department And uh, that's permanent is what I'm getting at. And so I think we're going to see a a divide between two coastal cultures with about 51 percent of the people, pretty conservative. But the two coastal cultures, West and East, uh, know that they can't make an argument that the majority of the country will accept. And so they either have to destroy a presidential candidate. They have to find a scandal. They've got to warp information. Uh, if it's Barack Obama, they don't want you to know that he doesn't know how many states in the Union, that he doesn't know people in Austria speak German, he doesn't know uh, where the Maldive Islands are, he doesn't know how to speak corp- Whatever that is, they have to massage the news cycle to fit a pre-existing agenda. and that, that That's different, and they're always liberal, these institutions, but there's a desperation now because the political message is no longer resonating the way it is. its applies to everything. Illegal immigration, you name it. They have to change the demography or the message or the narrative because nobody wants a quality-mandated, quality-result agenda.
1: As a historian, do you feel like we've somehow gotten off track? Uh, the, the the personalities, the issues of politics, have just led us to a bad place, or is this just sort of the cycle of empires? And we're affluent, we're fat, we're lazy, we're self satisfied, and 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 starting to turn on each other.
2: I think it's both. I think throughout history that always the great crisis, the existential worry, is too much rather than too little of something. So if we ask Roman and Greek authors if they could come back and speak to us, they say, beware of luxury or affluence and leisure, the twin veins of any civilization. So we're worried about that. And when you weaponize those by, or you speed them up with technology, smartphones or the internet, uh, you create uh, almost an instant response at the expense of contemplation, deep reading. Nobody reads, you know, a segment, 30 pages or 40 pages, much less a book, they don't have time. They, the idea is speed and constant, sort of like thumbs up, thumbs down in the Roman gladiatorial arena where there's no law, it's just impulse. And I think everybody's aware of that, whatever your politics are. And, that, and that's dangerous. And we're creating, especially what I'm worried about is that this educational system is not teaching people to be inductive, or they're not giving them a body of knowledge by which they can refer to events or history or books or personalities in history. They're taking very untrained minds, and they're making them immediately political. So you get arrogance and ignorance, bad combination. You can see it in this sort of child march about gun control where these young people get up and they start screaming and yelling but they have no reference points. They're not inductive. They're not aware of the contradictions or even the opposite view. And, and yet they're embraced by adults. So, And that's because we, we're really not training a, a group of people to be leaders or to be public intellectuals or to be politicians or to be disinterested media people. And when you see these people at CNN and all these New York Times and, and you talk to them, they're not they're not equipped. They have no historical perspective. It's just one new cycle after the other, and they have a, a vague sense that if they're on the progressive side, that that brings cultural acceptance or careerist advantages, and they feel embittered and victimized because they think that the rest of the country doesn't really appreciate their genius. So, but these strains were always there in America. If you go back in the 19th century, they were there, but it's it's different now. And it's dangerous. And I don't know how we go back to have a traditional educational system that's not weaponized, but that's one of the that should be one of our collective aims, is to get back to literature and history and science and get rid of the dash studies courses that are indoctrination.
1: Well, that's not a terribly popular view on our nation's campuses these days when they want to throw away uh, the classics is, is no longer useful. But that's a conversation we would absolutely love to continue uh, at some point in the near future. Victor Davis Hanson, Senior Fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. Uh, it's, it's always great when we get a chance to talk. I'm afraid our time is limited now, but I hope we can do it again soon. Thanks very much. Thank
0: you. Our pleasure. And I uh, have to make the uncomfortable transition to, coming up in just a few moments, mm. Mm. more clips from mm. Stormy Daniels' oh, interview oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Come on oh. 60 Minutes last oh. night. You just uh, had to sully it. Uh,
1: I've got this mental picture of like leakage from a roof seeping through the drywall and into the room. I hate that that is coming through the, the sheetrock of the Armstrong and Getty show to the Victor Davis Hanson discussion.
0: I hate that the two are intermingled in anyway. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. We'll play some clips from Stormy Daniels on 60 minutes last night. The The most important news show in America decided to do two segments with her. Actually, that's brilliantly pointed out. As Mr. Hansen
1: pointed out, this is what we are focused on. During, you know, the economic growth and these severe challenges to our society and our economy blah blah blah. This is what we're looking at. We will look at it For the purpose of pointing out how bad it is to be looking at.
0: Well, I was hanging around a bunch of people last night who find it very, uh, very important.
1: It's not.
0: And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Send them in here. I want to talk to them. Stay (laughs) tuned. Uh, more Stormy Daniels, because we only played a couple of clips, and they talked to her for 30 minutes. Oh, boy. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: If it was untruthful, why did you sign it?
3: Because they made it sound like I had no choice.
1: I mean, no one was putting a gun to your head.
3: Not physical violence, no.
1: You thought that there would be some sort of legal repercussion if you didn't sign it. Correct.
3: As a matter of fact, the exact sentence used was, they can make your life hell in many different ways.
0: Stormy Daniels last night on 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper. She um, she, she, she has uh, signed several statements, including as recently as January, saying that she did not have sex with Donald Trump because she got paid $135,000. And then I think when it turned out, she figured out she could make even more money than that than uh, it's, it's worth coming out and telling the story. Uh, welcome to the show. So we're broadcasting live from Stanford this morning, Stanford University. It's a, it's a college in California. and, uh, and one of I've the, heard of it. And one of the more, uh, you know, I'm a smart person or a rich person uh, colleges in America. And we're in the Hoover Building, which is uh, d- designed to study all that's good and wrong with America and try to make it better. Um, you, ought to, I, you ought to give tours. And I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with having to talk about Stormy Daniels in the midst of all this. But. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think I could make a case using unnecessarily big words that this is a,
0: I almost said seminal moment. Can you imagine? Wow. How unfortunate. Uh, why don't we go with pivotal? A pivotal moment. My favorite part of the Stormy Daniels interview last night was when she said, hey, I'm wide open. And oh, I thought That's, what, that's yeah. what I've seen.
1: Oh, boy. That's what <laughs> yeah. I've... Uh... Apparently, yes. Uh, but this, I think it's a pivotal moment in in our politics. The Those who are trying to ascribe some sort of significance to this are
0: trying like crazy. So, I, I but... watched... I watched uh, Joe Scarborough grilling Stormy Daniels' lawyer this morning. The lawyer went on MSNBC, and I I, I, I doubt he expected he was going to get grilled the way he did by Joe Scarborough. And the reason I thought it was interesting is Joe Scarborough was a lawyer, and was was talking about it from a legal standpoint, and kept asking the question: As a lawyer, if I have a client that I feel was wronged, I don't put out a I don't tweet out a picture of a DVD and say. What does this mean? Hashtag sixty minutes to try to promote a television appearance. I mean, I just make my legal case in front of a job, a judge, or police, or whatever, right? Um, to try to get you know uh, the proper legal outcome for my client. It's so clear that Stormy Daniels' lawyer is 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 laying this out like you promote a new movie or a record album or something like that mm-hmm. to get as many eyeballs or ears or whatever to make her more valuable, and that and that makes it difficult to take seriously I think for a, for an awful lot of people well right
1: well I don't I don't you know I've made this clear I don't think you should take it seriously now she has a legal issue in the non or the uh, non-disclosure agreement um, in this whole uh, promoting the second
0: phase of her career thing but to me that's the only only reason there's a lawyer involved at all. Well, and the, the lawyer is making the argument that because Trump, for some reason, didn't actually sign the document, that the document is not valid. Joe Scarborough, also a lawyer, said, well, she took the money. So the way way agreements usually work is if you took the money, that means you felt there was an agreement.
1: Yeah, as a guy who almost went to law school, I could have told you that. I mean, that's
0: contract law. That's de facto a contract. So all, all that stuff is... um. You know, and the uh, Federal Election Committee and violating that. I I don't know. The campaign finance thing with the lawyer.
1: Boy, by the way, we got to get him as our lawyer, that guy who just paid off the porn star for Trump and didn't ask to be paid back. Right. Man, I wonder does he do agent work? That'd be great.
0: Yeah. He's a nice fella, isn't he? Sure, sure. Yeah, I I wrote the check for you, boss, so so don't worry about it. I guess the question is. And we've talked about this since, since, uh, since we came on this morning. To me, the only thing in the interview that's like, oh, my God, if this is true, this is a big deal, is her explaining the threat. She says she was threatened in the parking lot. Basically, a goon came up and saw her and her kid and said, pretty kid, be sh- shame if something happened to her mother. That's a, that's a hell of a threat. Sure. If that actually happened and the president had anything to do with ordering that or paying that person or whatever, that's a you should be booted out of office for that, in my opinion. If that happened. well, yeah. All the okay. other... Without that, though, it's just a tawdry story about he cheats on his wife with porn stars, to me. Well, and it's... The allegation of threat is completely
1: unprovable. If you proved... If somebody came up with the videotape of it happening, I'd think, oh, okay, it actually happened. Now you've got to prove, or at least... You know, granted, you don't have to prove anything in politics. You just have to make people think it's probably true. But y- you've got to convince me that Trump himself ordered it, as opposed to his many minions, his, his uh, accountants, his PR people, his lawyers, the rest of it,
0: didn't think, all right, we got to do this. That'd, and, still be a, that'd still be a pretty big political problem, even <laughs> if, if yeah. Trump didn't direct it. If he, has, if he hires the sort of people that would do that, that's still that's pretty ugly. Um, can you play clip number seven of Stormy with Anderson Cooper? You had sex with him? Yes.
1: You were 27, he was 60. Were you physically attracted to him? No. Not at all. No. Did you want to have sex with him?
3: No. But I didn't I didn't say no. I'm not a victim. I'm not
0: It was yeah. entirely consensual.
3: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: The consensual or not? actual journalistic question, because is this a Harvey Weinstein thing or not? It's not. The other stuff, how do you tell me that's not, and I can't believe 60 minutes went there, how do you tell me that's not just tabloid journalism? The, did you like it or not? Did he wear protection? What kind of a question is that? That's just TMZ stuff. Right. That's got nothing to do with anything. Settle (laughs) down, Anderson. That's just plain, oh my god, they did it bareback. I mean, (laughs) Wow. We that's... are in the Hoover Institute. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Thank somebody you, Sean. At least the somebody's
1: standing up for decorum here.
0: So, so there are parts of the interview that you could justify as a news story by 60 minute standards. Very you know, small parts. A in contrast
1: to her parts, which pres- are very large. Did
0: a president hire somebody to threaten you to keep quiet? Right. You know, that, that could be yeah. real news. But the, how many times did you do it? Did he wear a rubber? Um, how long did it last? I mean, that, that's just gossip.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which I you know, watched all of and was, you know, riveted by. But I'm ashamed of myself, Right, and that's appropriate.
1: Right. You know, <laughs> the, getting back to the threat stuff, the fact that at that time, a fairly successful
0: hotelier and, and a fairly successful TV personality, which is what he was at the time. Well, he had the number one show on NBC, and he's a billionaire. That's more than fairly successful. Right, yeah, I guess. Um but the fact that even if the
1: threat thing were proved, he might say, you know, that's kind of a standard New York thing. You see if you can scare somebody off. We're not going to have anybody hurt. I don't have people whacked. Are you kidding? I build golf courses. Please. We just she maybe she'd
0: shut up. So there's so many layers of what if, what if, maybe. Uh, I just, no, there's I, nothing I, here. I, I would want him out of office if if he hires people who threaten women and their children with their lives. And that, that is just way over over the line that would that would absolutely be beyond the pale but again there are just way too many ifs but without that particular issue to me it is nothing but a gossip story right and uh I mean she's very believable I believe it all happened but I believed it all happened before (laughs) 60 minutes which has no time for Scott
1: Atlas who we talked to about healthcare reform But got plenty of time for the porn girl. Great. Great. Well done, 60 Minutes.
0: Uh, So I suppose we'll have another clip. Maybe the threat with Marshall Phillips coming up in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, here we are at Stanford. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, Marshall, guess what we're eating? We're at Stanford University, Hoover Institution. Guess what we're having for breakfast? Uh, Bacon. Avocado toast. Mm, That's what you have (laughs) in Palo Alto. I hope Uh, it's organic. On the campus of Stanford. All
4: right, answer me this. How does avocado toast taste like? I mean, what's it taste like? Oh, it's great.
0: Is it? It's great, it's just pretentious. Oh yeah! I scraped the pretentious off and just <laughs> ate the
1: toast with the avocado Yeah, and he, he pressed it into the carpet to pick up a little dust and grit Just to, to remain the down-to-earth man he is very, very, very nice I explained to Young Marlin, our handler here at the Hoover yes. Institution That uh, at Illinois we eat with our hands And uh, we write by scratching with an old piece of coal <laughs> on a board <laughs> so, so this is very fancy I see, at
4: Stanford they would cut up their toast, fork and knife And then eat it that way?
1: Uh, absolutely, and they have a, uh, a junior professor who actually feeds you. Puts it in in your mouth for you. Uh, now, tenured,
0: you. the tenured folks right. now. But... And all for only $50,000 a year. That's living. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. All right,
4: my friends, time to unleash the lawyers. A lawyer for Michael Cohen, the Trump attorney who says he paid $130,000 to Stormy Daniels as part of a non-disclosure agreement says Daniels lied in her 60 Minutes interview about having an affair with Donald Trump in 2006. She's in it for the money, and Michael Avenatti is in it for all the press and money also. David. Yes Schwartz. and yes,
0: but, but that she had an affair with Donald Trump. I mean, is he, is yeah. he, is he going with the they never even had an affair? Because that just seems silly. Yeah,
4: David Schwartz, called, now David Schwartz, that, that's who you just heard from. He is Cohen's lawyer. Cohen is Now, wait a, wait a minute,
1: wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, can we all agree that when you're at a point in a scandal where the lawyers have lawyers, yes. it's gone too far. Yes. We need to get down to work. We need to get back to our families and those that love us. And, and, and ignore this crap. Now, when the lawyer's lawyer gets a lawyer, I swear to God, I'm going to seek them all out and do something rash.
4: Anyway, Schwartz, who is Cohen's lawyer on ABC's Good Morning America, denies her charged that in 2011 a man approached her in a parking lot right about the time she was
3: going to do an interview about her alleged affair with Trump and threatened her. I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking you know the seats facing backwards in the back seat diaper bag you know getting all the stuff out and a guy walked up on me and said to me Leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone.
1: You took it as a direct threat.
3: Absolutely.
4: Now, Schwartz is disparaging Daniel's claim, saying she didn't go to the police over the incident. She did nothing. She just simply proceeded to her Pilates
0: class. So, well, uh, And yes. then she said her hands were shaking so yes. much, she, like, she was afraid she was going to drop her kid. Right. I, uh, see, I don't know if that happened or not. Um, to me, that's the linchpin of this whole thing. Without it, it's just a tawdry story. But I'm not sure I'd go to the police either. I, I don't know what I would do because yeah. that's that's a tough one. Yeah, I'd
1: want a record of it. I'd want a contemporaneous account, as they say, that on that day I said, "Here's precisely what happened. Here's where I was, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. I want details, and you know, that's not to say you can't make something like that up right. on that day and go to the police, but. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing is completely unprovable and will, for the rest of our lives, be a, uh, an allegation that nobody knows what happened.
0: She says she'd recognize the guy immediately if she ever saw him again. Right. I mean, if, if anybody can ever nail down this particular <laughs> dude and then he does an interview on 60 Minutes.
1: He's already uh, in 15 parts in a New Jersey landfill. Trump can't gamble that he's be, be seen. He took him out on his boat. Not in the face, Donald. Not in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they do it in New York. Grow up.
4: <laughs> so so now David Schwartz, who is Cohen's lawyer, who is Trump's lawyer, right. was asked, OK, so now what? Our next move is that this case has got to go back to arbitration. And certainly uh, Michael Cohen will not rest until he recovers every single penny of damages. And it could be 20 million dollars. There you go. They will well, not rest.
0: The reason I keep quoting Joe Scarborough yeah. is, well, he's a lawyer who grilled the Stormy's lawyer today, but he hates Trump. He's got no reason to shade this in any way in favor of Trump. He absolutely loathes Donald Trump. Donald Trump outed their affair. All right? So, I mean, he hates Trump. And Scarborough said, it makes no sense to me that if your client was threatened with bodily harm that you save it until you're on 60 Minutes. That just as a lawyer trying to, you know, uh, protect the rights of a client, that's right. not the way you would handle you it. You would never think of that. Unless the whole point is to make as much money as possible and become as big a star as possible.
4: Now, on the other hand, the lawyer representing Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti on the Today Show, says he is holding back on more evidence he claims to have supporting right, you wouldn't do that either.
0: You've got, you've got DVDs, you've got pictures, you've got audio tapes. You would only dole that out in drips and drabs if you're trying to make money. Also, if you're just trying to make a case, look, I was wronged and I want people to know I'm not a liar, yeah. you'd put it all out there. Now, it doesn't...
4: Here's what he had to say uh, this morning on the Today Show.
1: We're not going to play all of our cards at this juncture. No good attorney would. There's going to be a lot of evidence that's going to come to light in the coming weeks and months. And we're (laughs) confident that when all of the facts are laid bare for the American people, they are going to learn exactly what happened. Did he say months? Yes, he's yeah. going to stress this out throughout the entire summer. Sure. Oh, no good lawyer would play their cards t- on TV interviews and 60 Minutes appearances and, and going to
0: strip clubs around the country all at once. No, no good lawyer would do that. So he was asked, um, are you bluffing with the whole you've got a right. DVD? Right. And he said, ask clients in the past. People have gone up against me if I bluff." And I thought you're. Bluffing. I'm neither a bluffer nor a fluffer. You're bluffing on the DVD <laughs> of the sex because that was the the way the way she describes it happening. It wasn't a and it was in his hotel room. I mean, there's no setting up a, a, a camera or anything like that. She could definitely have voicemails and stuff. Yeah. She says that if you watch the interview last night, she says Trump would call her all the time, and and he would know she had her on she had him on speakerphone right. with people around right. and he still would just say hey Stormy how's it going Are you going to be able to meet me in Beverly Hills he had no fear mm. of who's hearing this and knows about it he mm. just he just doesn't care well who's which is an interesting way to run your your affairs i'm sorry i'm losing
1: track of all the people involved in this who's who's the gal he brought to trump tower oh the play the playmate gal right right and brought to, brought to trump tower showed her around the apartment and all where he lives with his wife and child and the now, rest that's of it, the yeah, one so. he
4: had the 10 month affair with that was right, that right. was a, a more serious deal
0: I, I guess. Which, by the way, I was talking to some journalists last night who said they have reporting on. I'm not going to use their names all or right. publications, but this is the highest level of journalism we've gotten in America. Um, they have uh, they have info that Milani doesn't even live there anymore at the White House, and that that story will be coming out at some point. Well, she's mm-hmm. staying
4: at Mar-a-Lago all this week. She did not come back to the White House. Well, uh, just with a,
0: always in general, she doesn't live at the White House. She's got a gotcha. different residence at this point, according to these reporters. So we'll see.
4: Alright, hey listen, that's your news I'm Marshall Phillips, I'm Armstrong and Getty Show The Conscience of the Nation
0: It's not easy being the conscience of the nation You think that's easy? It's easy enough that I need to get back to my avocado toast though So we'll have to oh, take a little man. break Because yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's the way we eat at Stanford Aye. I've got somebody feeding me I just lay on my back in a <laughs> recliner and open my mouth And somebody feeds it to me It's pretty awesome I hope the 11 kinds of fruit they brought us are organic Would you ask, Sean?
1: Is it sustainable? Is this sustainable fruit? (laughs) Is this a sustainable strawberry?
4: (laughs) Do you have homemade organic whipped cream?
0: That's what we need. Uh, So we got more on the way. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
1: Show. Melania Trump had recently given birth to, to a son just a few months before. Did he mention his wife or child at all in this?
3: I asked, and he brushed it aside, said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, don't worry about that. We don't even, we have separate rooms and stuff.
0: Which uh, is the same thing the playmate last week that Anderson interviewed, that seems to be his thing now, um, said that uh, when she brought up, wife and kitty said, so, yeah, yeah, don't think about that. We don't even live in the same room or anything. So yeah. that's either, milani 's either cool with that or she's not. I don't know. There ought to be like four
1: different categories of marriage that we're all familiar with. I mean, because Trump's marriage, and I don't know what's true and what's not in these various... You sure, know, and it's stories. none of our business. Right, but uh, his marriage and my marriage have almost nothing in common, except that there's a dude and a woman involved. Beyond that, almost nothing. Mm. So I, you'd think that we'd have names for the different sorts of marriage, right? Um. So that I mean, uh, me and Judy were kind of cra- We've got a crane marriage. We mate for life. We stay together. You know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: We're at Stanford University. Are, are um, all the different marriage types going to be named after animals? I hope so. <laughs> Birds, particularly. I hope so. <laughs> Um, we have a sparrow marriage. We eat very little and are flighty <laughs> or something. Um, we're, so we're, we're attending seminars all day long with really smart people talking and, and in theory, asking questions. Uh, you got media people asking questions of smart people. That's hmm. what it is all day long, right? Right. Give and take, Jack. That's what the intelligentsia does. I'm um, asking everybody except for two people, why did you not come on our show this week? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, make it personal. Question one. Yeah. Where were you this morning? I'm gonna ask the same question at each session and see if anybody catches on. Does it scale? And then I'll sit oh, back boy.
1: Down.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Wow. No, no, address it specifically to say, to the gentleman in the gray coat. Does this scale? <laughs> Anywho, so I'm sitting with at least one Washington Post person last night at dinner and I brought up so your your boy Dan Balls, who writes a column for the Washington Post and is probably the most revered political comment commentator in America right now. Um, He wrote a column over the weekend about how disappointed he was in the whole Biden-Trump high school fight thing. <laughs> really? What's so disappointing about two old men saying I could have whooped
1: your ass 50 years ago?
0: And what was interesting about his column is... I'm sorry, 55 years ago. What's interesting about his column is he said, there. everybody's been wondering how... The Democrats take on Trump in twenty twenty who's the candidate and how do you go about it but dan ball said i didn't i didn't think there was really a chance that they would go with the we're going to get down to his level and take him on at his game mm. but Joe Biden indicated that perhaps that is the way they're going to go about it and and Dan ball's just just well basically then he just went on about how depressed he was with the whole state of democracy if that's what we're going to do if we're if 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 the contest is going to be a you know on that level i kind of thought so too uh, he brought up the famous um michelle obama quote you know when they go low we go high right um <clears throat> which politicians have gone low forever that's not a new thing But as Dan Balls wrote in the Washington Post, he said, apparently that era is just completely over. I mean, to the extent that it ever
1: existed, honestly.
0: Yeah, well, didn't you assume that somebody was going to try to run staying above the Donald Trump stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I didn't read Dan's
1: uh, piece, but I wouldn't take the Biden thing too seriously. Joe is a loose cannon. He says what he
0: wants to say. As as Dan Balls pointed out, Biden said it in 2016. Okay, okay. Maybe, uh, you know, he say it and then and, and, uh, rethink it. Then he says it again the other day. Obviously, he thought it was a good idea. Right. To, to bring up the whole, I would beat you up in high school thing. It's a good is, applause line. Is the context that he was at a college speaking about preventing sexual assault. So maybe... Here, here's what you young guys should do. Should you see somebody sexually, you should you should be you know that. That's well, and, and the he framing was
1: framing that he was giving the speech, and in. it was an applause line. A, a, I want praise line, saying to
0: women, yeah, if somebody treated you like Trump, I'd whoop their ass. I mean, it's a oh, uh, my hero. Well, so here's the inside story you get when you hang out with people from the Washington Post. Is uh, this particular reporter said he's friends with somebody in uh, Biden's orbit. Close, close to Joe Biden, who told the Washington Post reporter, Biden's going to see that column and be embarrassed. And then, sure enough, over the weekend, Biden did a podcast in which he apologized for saying that and said he's not going to do that sort of thing, and he doesn't want to be on the same level as Trump. Mm. So um, that's where that's where that ends up, I guess. But, I mean, from, a, from an entertainment standpoint, I love the idea of somebody trying to take on Trump, you know, at, at Trump's game. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting with somebody who helped, who was trying to help get Marco Rubio elected this campaign. Um, Harvard law graduate was the economic advisor, I think, for Rubio on his campaign. And I said, "I've in a parallel universe, always wondered how Rubio would have done if he'd continued the attacks that he did there for a couple of days. You know, yeah, that he he's apologized gonna, for just when they were getting great. He's not going to make America great again. He's going to make America orange. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he had kept that going, yeah, how would that have turned out? I, I don't know, because you know." America was hungering for that sort of thing. What did he say to that? Oh, he just he, he dismissed, he re- <laughs> he dismissed it as disgusting, even the thought of it. Because, well, he's a serious guy. This sure. Guy, this guy I was talking to, and he, yeah. and he felt he was attached to a serious candidate, and yeah. they wanted to be serious people. But I sure would like to know how that would have turned out. And Biden, <laughs> The Washington Post currently has Biden ranked number three as the likely nominee. He's not going to run. There's no, no way. way. I don't know. No way. He's no he's, way. he's he's, he's given speeches at various places and meeting with various people that you do when you're running for president.
1: Back to the angle the Democrats are going to take. I don't know how you can attack Trump. Well, I suppose the. Ret- Let's bring class back to America.
0: Return to normalcy. I don't. How do you phrase it? George Bush kind of did that after the Clinton scandal. That you know, we're going to restore dignity to the office. You know, after a president that was hosing interns right there. That was practically Jimmy
1: Carter's whole thing in the wake of Nixon. Hosing interns? No, no. (laughs) A, a, A kind, decent, and moral man to take the helm of the nation. Gotcha. I apologize for that term. Wow! By the way. That, yeah, really. That there was a lot not to like in that sentence. That's not a romantic term. No. <laughs> Where were we? Ah, yes. The Democrats' tack.
0: And uh, wait a minute. Have I been lured into discussing twenty yes. twenty? But so Dan Ball bastard. He got you. Dan Ball <laughs> said Hillary tried the I'm above this, and she would sit there on the stage during the debate, and in her mind, you know, she was thinking the American people are watching this. And they're going to choose me over a person who acts like that. But right. that's not what happened. So She wasn't
1: good at it, though. <laughs> well, right, Sean, true. exactly. You stole the words out of my mouth. She's bad at everything.
0: So that might have been exactly the right strategy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean it was a bad strategy. Right. She's the least authentic person I, in America. If I'm the quarterback for your NFL team... And I can't throw the ball more than 10 yards, and anytime time I do, it's to a different player. Right. That doesn't mean passing's the wrong strategy. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I would have loved to have seen if Joe Biden had been that person and run that similar right. playbook. Exactly. That would have been a much different... First of all, they'd have gotten office. in a fist fight, which would have been <laughs> awesome.
1: Wow. couple of old men rolling around on the stage. Bleeding from the mouth. Grabbing each other
0: by their ties.
1: You know... I- At that point, I would actually fear for the republic. I fear for it now. That's
0: funny, and nobody intervenes. They just keep rolling around on the floor. Stay back, everybody. Let's just let them work it out. (laughs) The moderator of the debate is, gentlemen, gentlemen, (laughs) gentlemen. You're like 20 minutes into it, they're really winded and
1: still trying to grapple. (laughs) The the moderator's got to get in a half squat and start moving around them like a boxing referee (laughs) watching it. Lift up those blows, none of that. All right, separate. No
0: eye gouging, Mr. Biden, no eye gouging god help us (laughs) i'm telling you it's gonna be exciting they gotta pick somebody gotta pick somebody and you gotta figure out how you're gonna handle a guy who will say anything that is uh that is definitely not off the table you are listening to the armstrong and getty show